What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Chris Turner. I'm your host. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever this is coming to you. I hope it reaches you well. Uh, It is a nasty day here in Denver, Colorado. The wind is blowing like 40 miles an hour, and it's like 15 degrees outside, so it It's not a very nice day in my neck of the woods, but I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you're joining me at. And um, sorry about that. There was a little buzz coming from the computer for some reason. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's Tuesday for me. Uh, Sorry I couldn't get anything out to you uh, yesterday. I'm actually in the middle of starting a new job, actually multiple new jobs. Um, uh, So actually, I'll I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been going through recently. Um, So like I said, I've before I worked at Amazon. I left that company about seven months ago and I've been in the job search uh, ever since. And I've been driving DoorDash uh, to make money in the meantime while I look for a new job. But uh, the job search has been pretty difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's been a a really rough process and something I think I can definitely dive into a little deeper, uh, maybe as a whole topic sometime. But but long, very long story short, uh, I ended up finding uh, a couple new jobs, one in a catering company and one at a, a restaurant in the Melting Pot. Many of you have probably been there. Um, I will be working uh, at this at a new uh, location out in uh, Louisville down here uh, near Thornton. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun job, I think. And I'm, I'm starting starting both of them at the same time. So it's been a little crazy <laughs> trying to arrange the schedule and make sure that I'm still taking care of myself at the same time. So uh, apologies for a little sporadic uh, release schedule the next couple of weeks, uh, but it will probably be a little sporadic at least this week. Alrighty. Um, but with that, I kind of want to get into the topic of new beginnings. I think that's fitting considering uh, that's kind of what's going on with me. And so it's a relevant topic to talk about right now. Um, but new beginnings. No need to define it, right? We, we get what a new beginning is. But I do think that we often, um, new beginnings, new, we, we think of new and we think of, ooh, fresh, clean, good, right? New beginnings, good. But we often forget that be- new beginnings can be very painful. You know, they often are, most of the time they are. And the closer you get to a new beginning, the more uh, a sense of anxiety you'll probably feel at least leading up to the, the first couple of times you start whatever you're doing, Right. And there's reasons for that, right? I think the main one being that there's a lot of unknown there. And we've talked about this in the first episode, very first episode. You know, we're afraid of the unknown. We've evolved to fear the unknown because that's where the threat may be. And we need to figure out what is there so we can we can kind of see it and avoid it if possible. And so the closer you get to this new beginning, the more you get a sense of anxiety. Like, ooh, like this is cool because this also has a lot of, you know, positive possibility in that in that haze. But... You're, you're, you're risking a lot too, you know? And so, um, I think we, we often forget that point until we are in those situations. You know, it's funny. You, you often find that people act a little goofy the first couple of days of a new job or, you know, especially, especially in a new job. I think a new job, it's very, but anytime you're around people for the first time, everybody's checking each other out. You know what I mean? Everybody's kind of looking to see who you are, shape you up, what you're good at, what you're not. And the other thing I noticed, and I noticed this just the other day, <clears throat> is that people really, when they're starting something new, that's when they're acting the hardest. And that's kind of why I'm bringing it up, I think. Because I noticed this in myself, not just in other people, right? Um, 
like one of the things actually sorry just a real quick tangent if you guys hear me swallowing or like mouth sounds at all ever i i'm sorry for that i hate that that's like one of my pet peeves in a podcast is if i can hear somebody's like mouth sounds or they're like swallowing if they're drinking something so i try to avoid drinking things and eating things while i'm doing the podcast but every once in a while you hear a gulp or something and i apologize i don't know if that is one of your pet peeves maybe it's just me but apologies from the get-go right all right anyway tangent done um Yes. So new beginnings uh, and acting, right? Like people act a lot uh, when they're, when they're, they act. I think that's the time when you're on, when your mask is fully on and you're fully enveloped by it um, because you want to make sure you make a good impression. It's like the new beginning in a job is when you're experiencing the game at its fullest, right? When you have to play the hardest um, because People are watching to see how good of a player you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really what a job, when you're interviewing for a job, that's what somebody's interviewing you for. They're trying to watch and see if you fit into the parameters that equals good employee, right? And if, and so you try to fit yourself into that. You try to say the things that a good employee would embody, you know, your ideal image of a good employee. And we all, in some ways, have a different conception of that a little bit because it's a combination of all the people you've experienced and, and, and worked with that have been successful. It's like a composite of that that we've made an image of our mind of. And so we try to embody that thing. That's our mask, is whatever your composite it is that's your professional mask that you wear whenever you go and start a new adventure into a new job or something right and it's it's so noticeable when you i mean if you any of you are out there right now are starting a new job specifically focus on this like focus on on on, try to try to see if you can notice this in yourself and other people while you're going through this process because pulling it back a little bit and watching yourself in that situation i think is one of the most beneficial things you can do uh, that's 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 the process you have to do all throughout your life in any situation, right? But if you can, because it's such an intense time of acting when you're in this new, you know, mode, it's a really it's really easy to notice it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, so, if any of you are, are in the same similar position, try to try to see if you f- can find what I'm saying. See if you can notice the same things. I'd be interested to see if it resonates with other people. Uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. The um, and so, I, you know, I was going through in training. I've been going through a lot of training. That's what I'm doing this whole week at this one job too. And, and, and like I said, I noticed in myself that like when, when you first walk in, you know, your first day you walk in and like you do, you embody this different person. It's like about, about five minutes in, I stopped like in my head, I stopped myself and I was like, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, what you doing? Cause uh, I don't know who that guy is. You know, it's, it's like this, this like, <laughs> just chipper like yeah like you know what i mean ready to go kind of and 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 there's nothing wrong with it right i'm not saying that there's there's anything wrong with that like you know happy-go-lucky everybody knows that like fresh employee you know what i'm talking about like it's it's the same person like in like repeated over it's like everybody tries to be the same version essentially the same thing and it's like super enthusiastic and like very knowledgeable but also respectful of other people uh it's it's like you you get what i'm saying you have a conception of it too and it's like everybody tries to do that and i realized i was doing the same thing like i was trying to be the same thing but the funny part is that's actually what makes you blend in in a new role at a job or, or anything is like trying to play the role because like i just said everybody has a similar conception it's different a little bit but it's it's a composite of essentially the same things like we live in a hierarchy. Like we live in a we. Our economy is a hierarchy, right? And in order to be successful in that hierarchy, you have to dis- to exhibit certain traits. And there are certain traits that, if you repeat them, they produce success over and over again. You know, like in uh, what's 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 the 
there's a, there's a couple actual like terms I could throw out there. Let me th- see if I can pull them out of my my head here. Um, you know, conscientiousness is something that conscientiousness. It's a mouthful. Something that Jordan Peterson talks about a lot, but um, it's it's been studied in depth that conscientiousness is kind of the trait of um, uh, being mindful, right? Of spending kind of kind of uh, what's another word? Um, let me see if I can look up a answer. Let's see. Thesaurus. Conscientiousness. This synonym. That's what I'm looking for. So uh, dutiful, exactitude, faithfulness, honesty, honor, incorruptibility. Um, <clears throat> so somebody that's kind of uh, embodying the right things, right? Um, I, I lost my train of thought there. I don't know why I tried to define that. Sorry. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to try to pick it back up. The... Uh, uh, you, you you try to embody the, this ideal person, but it's not. Um, it's actually not you, and because of that, it makes you blend in with everybody else. You know, they're all trying to do the same thing, it's, and and this, there's, there's similar traits that you're gonna like pick out. I mean, even if you had different experiences, you're gonna pick out similar traits that are successful, and you're all gonna try to embody the same thing. And then it's gonna make you look like you're each cookie cutter. Examples of it, like you're all exactly the same. It's gonna make you feel fake. Because the best thing you can do in that situation is be the person that shows a little personality. If you don't believe me, try it. <laughs> it works. It works. The only place it maybe may not work is if you're in a place where like showing a little extra personality isn't necessarily going to get you much. Like if you're in basic training, don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not going to help you out too much. Probably going to get you in trouble. But like in most in general society, yeah, show a little flavor, man. Put a little spice into that. Like show show somebody who you are. It doesn't. It's not like you have to go and like lay your heart out on the table. You know, in your your brand new job, you're surrounded by like you know five new people. You don't have to tell them your whole life story right there. But shit, maybe give them a little kernel of something that's very true about you right away you know what i mean you know or if um you know you guys are you guys are talking about something like don't just concede you know like like uh don't just say something so you fit in you know what i mean like say something that is true because what you'll notice is everybody else like you may think that they're going to be like harsh or something like that and there may be one or two individuals that are really in the ego game really trying to act hard and really trying to get that promotion quick you know what i mean and and they'll like you'll see they'll deflect like it's like if if you're if you're in this mode where you're actually being genuine, people that are acting really hard don't like it. <laughs> like, and when they see somebody doing that, they'll try to like push you down. They'll try to make you feel bad. They'll try to like write you off or kind of like be a little snooty or whatever. Uh, don't mind those people because they're they're digging their own grave and they'll find out soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? All you have to do is be you. It's so simple. Just be you. Be real and be honest. Be truthful, and and uh, you're gonna find that you're gonna stand out. Not like a sore thumb, but like, like a like a rose in a field of daisies. You know what I mean? Like it's it's you're this unique thing that that stands out from everybody else, and that's exactly what you want to be if you want to go up the ladder. It's actually you know what I mean. In a weird way, it's you know that's people are always looking for the gem, you know, the diamond in the rough, the unique one. And the best way to demonstrate that you're that person is to be you, because you are unique innately. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, why don't try to be somebody else? Don't try to act. Right. You know, we constantly have this. I'm going to move into. I'm going to kind of tie this into um, birth and death, which is a, a weird <laughs> tangent, right? I know it is, but both of these topics have been in my head this morning um, when I woke up. And the reason I want to, t- I, I think they tie together. I guess they will. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, but birth and death. Um, we'll leave that there, right? You know, we'll leave. Uh, leave the previous subject there for now 
new beginnings and we'll, we'll move on to this for a second birth and death so i i find this very interesting um you know the reason i guess it was on my mind as i was watching the news this morning and and they had uh coverage of the kobe bryant you know memorial uh whereas you know the whole stadium the laker stadium was filled and you know it's one of those it was one of those situations i think kobe bryant said there's certain times and they're pretty sporadic they're, they're, they're pretty fleeting they don't happen very often but there's certain times throughout history that like that time stop feeling where like you it feels like the whole world stops for a second that's like in a weird way what happened with Kobe Bryant and I don't know why um I've been trying to figure out why because in some ways like you know he yes he was a very very famous basketball player but you wouldn't think that a basketball player right would have that kind of a profound effect or like that time stopping effect on people but like Watching that on the news this morning and seeing a, a whole stadium worth of people, and then obviously his daughter passing away, it's a tragic story. And like seven other people, um, it made me think about death, you know. And you know, I was never Kobe Bryant's fan because I was a, a, a Suns fan back when they, the Suns and the Lakers were, you know, going back and forth, in the two thousands and stuff, and. But, oh my goodness, after, like, it's weird, this distilling effect that happens when somebody dies. It's like, I always respected his talent. It was like one of those, it's, it's, it's like Tom Brady. It's like, you can't argue against this talent of this individual. I mean, he's blessed, obviously. But he's, they're so blessed, it's like, you're, you're kind of a little bitter about it. <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, yeah. And that's how I always kind of felt about Kobe Bryant. And then he, you know, he passes away in this tragic way. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, it made me realize, oh, wow. This guy was so much more than that. You know what I mean? These people were so much more than that. And there were symbols for other people. You know, people attached, you know, themselves to these individuals and used, you know, they were, they were figures, they were, they were heroes to a lot of people. Because, um, at least in Kobe Bryant's case, they embodied uh, ideals that people respected. You know, dedication, uh, kind of hard work, um, honoring your skills that's another thing we don't never talk like a trait that's really something that's to be respected it's like knowing what you're good at and honoring it cherishing it bringing it to its best fruition kobe bryant is like one of the best examples of that like yes obviously ridiculously talented but if you think that that talent came out of nowhere or he didn't have to cultivate it you're wrong i mean that guy practiced harder than anybody else in the world right that's why he was the best in the world and so there's some, that's why people were so like, but anyway, this, I'm kind of getting a little off topic. I don't want to talk about Kobe Bryant the whole time, but it made me think about death and the distilling effect it has. And it also made me think about, what death represents to people. Because we have this, it's the unknown. Again, it's kind of like new beginnings. It's the haze. You don't know what comes after, right? And so there's this, nat, it's naturally the thing we fear the most. We have this inherent fear that's built into human beings because we recognize that we are all going to die at some point. We recognize we're finite beings, and so we have this innate fear. The survival instinct is where it stems from. But at least it's where, it's where I think it stems from. Um, it also uh, causes us to turn away from from thinking about what death entails and what it means, its importance and its relevance, most people, I think. 
there's been a lot of thinkers, philosophers, a lot of religions that have thought about this, but I think modern day secular worldview has kind of cut it off. It's like the thing to not talk about. It's like, what happens after death? I don't know. Nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's what I kind of get. It's always like, well, I just, it's like, and then if you prod, it's like, well, it's always some like depressing story. It's like, yeah, you just like become, and, and even if it's not depressing. It's like, you just nothing. It's just, there's not anything after that. It's like, there, there, it's not even that there's like, it's resolute in its lack of an answer, which is, which is a weird thing. I, is, that I've always had a problem with with secularism is, is like this an atheism this idea that like you don't like have that you can be resolute in in not knowing it, not know, in resolute knowing that there's nothing it's like it's this you're making the same kind of you're doing the same thing that religions have done a lot of the time, asserting something that you can't know ever as fact or as truth, or at least holding it as true to yourself. You're believing in something. You're believing that there is nothing, right? Which is a, which it's a weird thing <laughs> to believe in because it's like, it's, it's nihilistic. It's like, it's depressing, you know? And it also doesn't match up with any of the other religion. Like it, There's an interesting thing that I find if you look at Eastern religions, you look at Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, those kind of those religions and the offshoots of them. They have this idea of reincarnation built into them, and it's one of the ways. It, it, there's a lot of symbolism in those religions. The symbol of the yin yang, right? You, most people have seen this. It's this serpent symbol with uh, you know white and black on each side, and there's also a little circle, a dot of the opposite color on the other side. You know, in the in the opposite color, right? So there's a white dot in the black side and a black dot in the white side. It's very symbolic. That represents a lot of things. One things that one thing it represents is birth and death. For example, when you are born, you know it's going to lead to death, right? As soon as you're born, you are going to die. And so in the symbol, let's say that birth or, or life is the, is the light and dark is death. Dark is after life or whatever. As soon as you're born, you have a little bit of death creeping and it grows. The older you get, right? And then it takes over. But the idea is that as soon as that other side as like you know the death side takes over and becomes more dominant life starts to creep in the same way it's like there's this little speck of life as well and it starts to come back as well and grow anew it's a cyclical process it's this idea that birth and death are two sides of the same coin or actually two different perspectives on the same thing what i would call birth is the perspective it's like if you looked at birth, it's like birth death is one thing. Call it birth death. And there's a door and you're looking at the doorway. It's like a doorway and you, you're standing kind of, kind of, uh, what would it be? Um, not, not parallel, perpendicular to it. So you're looking at like just the doorway and you can see just the frame of it basically, right? From this side. You can see if somebody walks in from the left or somebody walks in from the right. Death is the left side. Birth is the right. As you open the door on the left side, walk through it. 
you get to the right side, you're on. But if you close the door, it looks like it's one spot, right? It looks like it's two different areas. You know, you close it, let's say like the door is painted red on one side and green on the other, right? And so as you're approaching from this side, it's like, oh, this is the green door. And then you go through, close the door, you turn around, it's the red door. You know what I mean? You have no memory of, of the, the, the prior action, right? It looked like two different things. I hope that makes sense. It's, the, it, it's two sides of the same coin. And this idea of death and rebirth, death and rebirth, this repetitive cycle, um, doesn't just stop with actual, like, literal life. It's part of the philosophy that's built into the, these religions themselves. Is this idea that um, your soul is the thing that is continuous. There's this deep down thing that is, is long-lasting, everlasting. And what happens is that as... as as you go through life, your soul attains or dispels wisdom in a sense. It's like innate and intrinsic value, right? Is your soul gains intrinsic value or loses it as it progresses through life? And then it is reborn and does it again. And, and the idea in the Hinduism is that the, like, depending on what your karma is, what you accumulate, the, the intrinsic value you gain or lose throughout your life will then determine what you are born into, what realm, what level of life you are born into uh, in, in, in the next one, right? So let's say you screw up really bad, you're going to be born. The idea is that it's, it's even like societal. You can be born into a lower society as well, which is where most people are like push back. <laughs> um, in the Buddhism, it's more like you could be, you could be born into anything. Like you could be born back into a tree. You know, you could be born back into a rock, like anything. Like it, it, literally everything is, is living in that, in that, from this perspective, right? And so um, I like to present that idea because even in Christianity and the Western religion as well, there's this idea of death and rebirth. It's, it's, it, people look at it as if those are two different things, Eastern and Western religions, like they're saying two different things. They're not. They just talk about it differently, right? Like, like, uh, like Christianity uh, describes birth and death and rebirth as uh, – describes the death and rebirth cycle, right? Um, but describes rebirth as a spiritual rebirth, one lacking a body, right? Um, there's, not this, there's not this tying to the physical world, the idea is that you move on to another realm, Right. So instead of instead of instead of uh, instead of dying, you know, here being reborn and that soul being put back into another baby or something right like that. And you be restarting, uh, you move on to another realm or higher realm or a lower realm that is maybe isn't confined by a physical body, you know. So it's not like this uh, death and rebirth are intrinsically tied together in every religion known to man. From what I understand, maybe I, I, I that's a that's a pretty audacious thing to claim, right? Um, and I, I wouldn't claim to know all religions ever, right? But from what I can understand and what I see, this is a similar thread. Death, rebirth, same thing. All the religions. The only thing that only the only viewpoint perspective that is saying anything different in modern day is secularism, atheism. It says there's nothing. It's just boom, nada. Do you think like 99.99999% of humanity, all of human history is correct? Or do you think like the one viewpoint that sprang up in the last 50 years is correct? That became popularized in the last 50 years is correct. Just from that perspective, you didn't know anything else. Would you assume with the majority or the minority? I would say you'd probably side with the majority. It's a more logical choice. Well, they're probably right. 
If you were going to, if it was, if it was based on your survival, if you had to choose between the majority and the minority, and it was life or death decision, which one are you going to choose? The majority. Again, I'm not trying to point this out to convert anybody. I'm trying to bring up uh, birth, death, and rebirth because I want to tie it to the ego. The reason that it's so important in all of the religions isn't because of the afterlife. <laughs> And this is something that has frustrated me so, it frustrates me so much when I talk to anybody that isn't religious. And, and trust me, like I went through a 10 year period of being agnostic, if not atheistic. I didn't know, but I, I think, I, which I mean, I think means agnostic, right? But I was pretty close to athe, atheism, right? The secular worldview. And I've found something, and I'll try to get into that in more depth, but I'm, I'm trying to explain it at a high level here. Like there's a, Whenever you try to explain this to somebody that that holds that view, including when I was like myself when I was holding that view, it's 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 like there's it's like it's like it, everything's taken so literally. It's like it's like that that secular worldview seeps into the religion and, and the stories and all this kind of stuff and takes it literally and then makes it pointless just by the way it's viewing the stories. You know what I mean? It's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. It's like, it's like, no, no, no. Like there's a lot of value to these stories and it's not just like a literal interpretation. It's not like, Hey, Jesus died, his body disappeared and he rose in, or like in, was reincarnated. He was walking around talking to people, right? That may have happened. It may have not. But at the same time, like it doesn't matter because what it's meant to represent is that rebirth process. You know, the death and rebirth tying it together, that there is something that continues on, that there is something eternal, that you are not finite. The real you. Not in the way you think about it. And the whole reason for those stories is to make you realize that you are not finite. You are something different. It's to point out your ego. It's to get you to stop playing the ego game. It's to get you to put something yourself into something bigger so that you stop focusing on yourself and you try to actually do something worthwhile in the world. If you think there's a better bet for making the world a better place, please describe it to me. This attacking of religion and any kind of like religious thought is dangerous and is, is, is going to lead to our destruction as a civilization if we are not careful because it has been the roadmap that has gotten us here. The secular worldview is brand new relative to most of human history. And it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just one perspective like I've outlined before. If you want to cast out this other one, you're going to lose the value I'm trying to describe to you right here. It's hard to describe because it's not tangible. <laughs> but these concepts, if you, especially if you talk about them philosophically, they start to make sense. You know what I mean? And it's almost like we've taken away the tool that can describe these things properly. It's like you talk about religion in a philosophical way and it makes sense. Because then you, it's like what translates it into applicable use in your life. You know what I mean? But if we take away the philosophical thought, people don't even know you can approach things from that perspective, then religion becomes meaningless. Unless you believe in the foo-foo. Unless you're blind. Right? Which is what most people have associated with religion. Blind. Individuals. Ignorance. That's what people like would associate with it. Most people would hold the secular worldview at least, right? That's how I, that's how I thought about people. 
before I rediscovered my, my spirituality, my faith. I just think it's wrong. I think it's, it's leading to a lot of pain and suffering in the world and destruction. And one of the reasons I brought it up, I keep on trying to get to this point and tie it together with new beginnings because one of the things you need to watch, like I said, if you're in a new beginning is you can see your ego really clearly. You're acting the hardest at a new, when you're, when you're starting something new, you're going to want to act the hardest. Your egos are going to want to seize the steering wheel, right? It's the perfect time to start outlining what it is, where your egos is, where it's defined, and then to allow it to die. It's not you. It's the whole idea for death and rebirth in religion. So you let your ego die. So you let yourself die. You place faith in something bigger. And then that unlocks your true potential. It shows you that you are not what you think you are. You have deep intrinsic value. And then you're allowed to follow it because you're not playing the game anymore. You're not tricked by this alter thing controlling you. One of the ways you can figure that out is by focusing on yourself in a new beginning and how you're acting, how truthful you're. Focus on truth. If it's, notice when you're lying, and you'll notice you're lying most of the time, especially when it's in a new beginning, <laughs> when you're trying to impress people. You're going to lie a lot. Don't do that, right? That'll start to kill that ego because that ego is is comprised of those those things that you think you need. And so if you start doing something different than that, the ego starts to die. It starts to shrink a little bit. And it never goes away completely, but it changes. And that's the point of death and rebirth. Every time you die, the old things fade away and you're born into something new. You're constructed anew. It's the phoenix rising from the ashes. The symbolism is scattered all throughout history repetitively over and over and over and over again death rebirth death rebirth death rebirth death rebirth right let yourself die because if you can let go like that Something weird happens. It's really hard to describe. If you can let go of the conception of you, what you think you are, and start watching that thing that is telling you what you think, like telling you what you are, you know what I mean? making you feel uncomfortable, making you feel anxious, watch that thing and what it's comprised of, another voice starts to shine through. It's an internal voice. Not literal. Not like somebody's speaking in your ear. It's voice in, in, in the form of thought. You can recognize this voice if you can get good at meditation. It's one of the reasons why you focus on meditation. Uh, it's one of the reasons why prayer is so prevalent as well on the Western side. It's meditation in the Eastern side, prayer in the Western side. The reason you do that is so that you, you, you cultivate recognizing this internal voice. Because it's there and you can't shut it off. But if you don't ever you know, quiet your mind, you don't ever quiet the ego and, and allow it to like shut up for a second... 
you won't hear it. It'll drown out your real internal voice. The real you. It'll drown it out. The easiest way to tell that you are not your ego is to kind of do that thought experiment I walked through. I, I can't remember what episode. But go lay down, you know, on it's basically meditation, you know, but just go lay down on a couch and lay there with your eyes closed. Let all of the tension go out of your body. Focus on every single muscle in your body, r- relaxing, even the muscles in your face, the tiny muscles. And I want you to watch your thoughts while you're doing this. Get relaxed. Focus on your breathing. In, out, in, out. If your mind starts racing, that's natural. Focus on breathing. In, out, in, out. Mind's going to probably start racing crazier and crazier and crazier. What you're going to notice in that process, if you do it for long enough, is that the illusion of control that you have, that you are controlling the thoughts and you're somehow producing them, is just that. It's an illusion. It's not real. You don't produce your thoughts any more than, I don't know what I was going to say there, but you don't produce your own thoughts. Because, and that's reason for meditation, right? The hardest, the harder you try to quiet your mind, because that's the whole point. It's like, you know, you go to a guru or something and be like, yeah, go quiet your mind. Go meditate. Go try to quiet your mind. (laughs) They're being trolls. You realize that that's what they're, they're being trolls because you can't the whole point you cannot quiet your mind it's not possible you're not controlling it it's the whole point of the exercise it's to show you that you're not in control so you let go of control you stop trying to run around playing the game and you actually become and realize who you really are and we can go even deeper than that i've kind of gotten to a little bit that you are something eternal and then it's all connected to everything around you you can find that you can discover that yourself but you have to figure out which path you want to take to find it doesn't mean you have to pick one Excuse me. But you have to at least think about it. You have to be willing to look at these subjects, look at death, think about it besides just no, nothing. You have to actually entertain those ideas, right? That like, and and if you do, like, who knows? Maybe you hold the same view. Maybe, maybe, and, and I, you'd be just be perfectly fine if you do. It's like, I'm not trying to tear down anybody's specific worldview. I'm trying to explain the one that's been attacked for the last 50 years. And, and devalued. And I'm trying to tie that and, 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 and to the things that we consider founded, right? Like all of these things that science asserts is founded and known. You know, secularism asserts is like, you know, concrete. I say no. <laughs> and I think a lot of other people say no too. And I think it's time we talk about that. And... Anyway, I hope that was a, I don't know. We started on new beginnings, right? We ended on, um, I guess, death and birth. Uh, but I hope it tied together a little bit. Like I said, the whole purpose, I think, of talking about both of those subjects is, is when you're starting a new beginning, it's the perfect, perfect time to let the old you die. You can, you have an opportunity to construct a new individual. Every time you meet somebody new, you really can. You can go about it like that, like, hey, let's construct somebody else, which is you playing the ego game, or you can try to do the opposite, deconstruct it in that time. Watch the ego, watch what you think you want to be, and then do the opposite. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
because it's probably going to be right. If, if you can tell that you, that is your ego, that that is the thing that you have listened to your whole life. It's your ego then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do the opposite. You'll know if it's the right thing because it'll make you nervous. You'll know if the decision is right because it'll make you nervous before you do it. You got to risk it for the biscuit, man. You know what I mean? I'm going to leave it with this. Uh, just one more idea. We're getting a little bit over my normal time, but I was, um, I've been doing something. I, I work out a lot. I like to go to the gym. It's like one of my hobbies. And, uh, I, I watch a lot of YouTube channels, you know, bodybuilders and stuff like that. Just kind of on like, just for fun. It's like, a, like I said, a hobby. I like nutrition and stuff like that. And, uh, I was watching some videos on hot and cold therapy, right? So you go and it's kind of this idea that if you, you train your body to kind of, uh, you go into extreme hot and then you jump right into extreme cold, it's supposed to be really good for inflammation and things like this. Anyway, I was doing this the other day at the gym. I was doing, you know, I go into the hot tub and I'd sit there for about 10 minutes and then I go stand under a cold shower and turn it as cold as you can get it and just stand under it as long as you can, not as long as you can bear, but about a quarter of the time that you'd be in the hot, right? And you do that like three or four times. What you find at the end of that is you feel better that you've ever felt in your life. Your body, you feel amazing at the end of that four, those four cycles, three cycles, however long you want to do it for and it lasts for a long time. It lasts for like two or three hours. You get this weird high. It's, it's, like, it's, it's almost like a high, a natural high. But the way you get it is by going through an incredibly uncomfortable situation for an extended period of time. You have to hold yourself in hot, 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 hot until you almost can't bear it anymore. And then you have to go from that and put yourself in as cold extreme as you can possibly bear and hold yourself into that until you can't bear it anymore and then repeat it. You have to suffer. You suffer, 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 reward. That is how life is structured. It's not reward, 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 little suffer. Reward, 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 which is what we want. That's not how it is. It's also really hard to say fast. Reward, reward, reward. It's not how it's, it's the opposite. Suffer, 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 maybe reward. Little reward. Suffer, 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 reward. Suffer, suffer. That's how it's structured. The more you sacrifice, the more you suffer, the more you get back. I know that sounds a little sadistic, but I'm not, I don't mean it in that way. Like, I'm not saying like in a, in a, in a masochism, like where you punish yourself, right? Like don't, it's, it's not in that way, right? Like it's, it's this idea that you need to push yourself, challenge yourself that in some ways when you keep yourself comfortable, keep yourself in that place of, of control. What you do is you, you make yourself, you eliminate the possibility of all extremes, including the extreme highs. You know, I was I, one of the podcasts I was listening to was talking about this too. It was like this idea that like, when you, when you, when you make yourself comfortable, you, you bring that scale down to like a range of from like five to seven, so it's like your extreme low is a five and your extreme high is a seven or a four and your extreme high is a seven, but you have no possibility to ever get to a 10 or a one. You know what I mean? Now, if you like allow yourself to be vulnerable and stuff and you allow the possibility of the one to come in, you also allow the possibility of the 10 to come in. At the same time, you have to risk it for the biscuit. I hope that makes sense. That applies to you in, in, internally. You got to risk it for the biscuit. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow that ego thing 
to die. It's not you. And with that, I think that's what I got for you today, guys. I have to go to work here in a little bit, but I hope you enjoyed this episode around a little longer than normal. Um, but I really enjoyed talking about it. Uh, so I um, uh, hope to be back here, not tomorrow, but probably on, what did that be, be Thursday? Uh, get you another episode out, hopefully. And uh, hope you all doing well. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.